it is really, really hard and people can get overwhelmed. You've got real data and a real clear starting point. Because if you were doing the lifestyle stuff right to begin with, chances are you never would have needed an FDN practitioner. You don't have to like be um, a spiritual person even to believe that. The body does heal itself. Yes. So many of us have got into such poor lifestyle choices through, you know, ignorance and sort of getting on that hamster wheel of decay, really. I was getting migraines and I was also getting panic attacks. I don't have any of the seven diagnosed conditions that I used to have. So this is crazy that this can be this, this good. So FDN in a nutshell is the best of Western and Eastern medicine. It's a fun process. It's, it's really good for the people that have been sick for a while and don't know why when we take control of our own health not only do we change everything in our world it has a knock-on effect for everyone else around us don't underplay that to yourself that really does work just give it time I am really delighted to be here today on the live love learn podcast with a new guest Evan Transu now this is going to be a really fascinating discussion for everyone that really is looking at taking back the power to get their health in their own hands in a holistic way as possible. But before we delve into our subject matter, let me introduce my guest to you. So Evan Transview, aka Detective Ev, is the host of the Health Detective podcast and owner of Bucks County Light Therapy and Functional Medicine Centre. He graduated from Functional Diagnostic Nutrition in 2017. Prior to finding Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, he and his mother had suffered from a variety of health challenges for over a decade. And this, this system, the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition System, has transformed his and his mother's lives so profoundly that all his work is now centred around spreading its teachings. Evan speaks professionally to middle and high school students about mental health challenges, and today has spoken to over 50,000 students. Um, what a fantastic, you know, health story you've got, Evan. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Glad we got to get connected, and uh, I appreciate being here very much. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes. Now, you've got a really fascinating journey that you've been through, which has led you to your holistic health approach. Can you talk us through just a little bit of background about your story and your health, personal health challenges, and how it's led you to be sharing what you do now today with the functional diagnostic techniques? Sure. Yeah, I'll summarize it as much as possible. So like uh, many people in the space, we didn't ask to get into this work, right? <laughs> we yeah. usually have our own health challenges or someone we love has that. And mine started very young. It started at five years old. Uh, that is when I started dealing with some severe stomach pains. I was getting migraines and I was also getting panic attacks. Now, the good news is, even though that stuff sucks, right? <laughs> the good news is it was only happening maybe, you know, twice, three times a month at the time. And so it wasn't that it was ignored. It just wasn't my life most of the time. Most of the time I was a happy five-year-old. And then I just had these weird things happen for maybe a panic attacks, 20 minutes, migraine could be a couple of hours. But the rest of the time, life's pretty good. And you have a short attention span as a five-year-old. So once that's gone, I'm back onto my next thing. The issue was those problems didn't get properly diagnosed uh, when I was younger, particularly the mental health stuff. I wasn't really diagnosed with panic attacks until 15, despite dealing with the exact same symptoms the entire time. And my parents were trying. It was actually, unfortunately, um, the Western medicine side. And they were filled with great people, man. They were trying, but they just missed it. And so 
I went for 10 years without getting a proper mental health diagnosis. And the issue with that was from five to 15, I got significantly worse. By the time I was 15, it was no longer two to three times a month. I mean this without exaggeration. It was sometimes two to three times a day that I'm dealing with panic attacks, at least once a day, though, for that period at 15 years old. Uh, There's a several month period where it was going on every single day and it manifested into true panic disorder. So it, it really sucked. Now, while all that's going on, I am dealing with generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, like all these other things are happening, including some physical health symptoms as well. But when you're dealing with that mental health stuff, you're not, I, I don't want to say you're not thinking about the physical health stuff, Catherine, but it's almost on the back burner, right? I, I had terrible acne and all these other things, but man, the mental health is the worst part. So fast forward to 18. I'm always very transparent about this. I don't I don't have any secrets. I'm not ashamed of anything I've done in my life. You know, that's just, it is what it is. I allowed that mental health stuff to take over so profoundly in my life that I started making some very poor decisions. Um, I was using drugs and alcohol inappropriately, and I ended up getting kicked out of school, which was the weirdest thing because I started out as like the nerdiest kid ever. I was like the kid that you would have expected to go to some uh, some crazy college, you know, wear my glasses, looking funny, because I just, I aced everything that was me. I wasn't good at sports. I was good at school. And yet here I am now getting kicked out. I mean, I spent a few days in juvie. I spent my 18th birthday on house arrest. It's like, well, what is going on? There was a final diagnosis that came at 18, um, Meniere's disease, and that's an inner ear disorder that, for those that don't know, um, characterized by pretty severe vertigo, hearing loss. It, it kind of sucks. And that was like a final straw for me where I started realizing, okay, I have at the time seven different diagnosed health conditions. Now, I wasn't a doctor. I'm still not a doctor. But common sense told me that there is literally no way that this can all just be random. How could I have these seven different things and none of them are related whatsoever? Because that's what Western medicine was basically saying, right? It's this mental health specialist, it's this GI specialist, an inner ear specialist for the Meniere's. I'm like, there, there's, I don't buy that. It just didn't make sense to me. And that's when I started studying the holistic health. So I began, many people, we always call this uh, the cycle of trial and error at FDN. So you have the health issues. You know that something's wrong and Western medicine might not be able to solve it. So we go through this cycle of trial and error. We're trying different supplements. We're trying different diets. We're going to uh, the health food store and talking to the person who works behind the supplement counter. We're doing everything we can. And I made some progress. And then eventually I found Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Great program, but I wanted something a little more in depth. I wanted something with the lab testing. And then that's how I found FDN. And uh, again, just like so many people in the space, this unintentionally became my life. Because when you get to the other side of these struggles, the only thing you want to do is help other people that have dealt with it. And so everything, the speaking, the podcasting, the stuff with FDN, the Bucks County Light Therapy, um, it looks like a lot, but but really it's just passion fueling this. All of those things directly came from the stuff that I dealt with and are just manifestations of now um, being able to help people in different ways. So that's kind of the summarized version. I love it. And, you know, it's such a cliche when we say that often our biggest challenges become our biggest gift, but you're the personal example, perfect example of that. So for those people that don't know what FDN is, can you really explain to us what exactly is it and what did you learn through that process? Yeah, so it stands for Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And I always say it's basically Reed Davis, the founder of FDN. It's kind of, um, you know, his creation because this guy is a wildly intelligent man. 
but he's had a lot of different stuff in his life. Like he's done different careers. He's a paralegal. He um, did some, I forget what he did. I think he repaired like antiques when he was younger. So he's done all this interesting stuff. And he started working as a nutritionist in chiropractor's office. And he's the first one to admit this. He doesn't hide this. He didn't know what he was doing in the beginning. He just knew that there was these people coming in the office, uh, very similar to how I would have came in that office at 18, with all these conditions. They've been to all these professionals, and no one's been able to help them yet. And so he actually jokes. He said, maybe it was arrogant at the time. But I said to myself, I want to be the last person that these individuals have to go to. And he started using lab testing. At first, like he said, had no idea what he was doing. He ended up running over 11,000 lab tests just by himself. He ran 11,000 lab tests. And what he discovered was a system of labs that works very well for people that are chronically ill. So it's nothing too revolutionary. It's just the fact that we use them all together that's smart. So how people can remember what FDN is, is we test for hidden stressors. Hidden is an acronym. Stands for hormonal, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system. So we're testing for all those things. And when you look at that stuff in someone who's chronically ill, it's amazing how many, we call them healing opportunities, you find in that person's body. So no one had ever tested these things for me. In fact, my blood work actually looked normal, supposedly, when I went to Western medicine. But sure enough, my hormones were a wreck. It looked like I was 70 years old. My gut health was trashed. I had been on over 20 courses of antibiotics by the time I was 18. And so my gut health was a mess. Liver was backed up. I'm not breaking down the food that I'm eating. I had leaky gut. All these things are going on. But no one ever thought to test for this. So FDN is not a philosophy where we pretend to know the exact root cause of someone's health issues, to be clear. Sometimes you can see that. But very often, we won't figure out precisely what caused all this. What we will figure out are the 20 things that have gone really wrong that are now contributing to your current disease state. And so if we help coach you through that and get those nailed down, the body heals itself. And I, I think this might even be a cliche, right, in functional medicine. But that's not hippie, woo-woo. You don't have to like be um, a spiritual person even to believe that. The body does heal itself. If you've ever had a paper cut, it, it automatically heals itself, right? Like, I, I don't know about you guys. I don't instruct my finger to heal. It just kind of does that when I fall asleep and I wake up and it looks a little better the next day. The same exact mechanism applies to chronic disease states, but they're just more complex than a paper cut. Paper cut's simple. You just stop messing with the scab and it will heal up. But a chronic disease state that might have affected an organ or multiple organs, well, yeah, you're going to need to remove a lot of those hidden stressors that we talked about. And then the body does what it does. So FDN, in a nutshell, is the best of Western and Eastern medicine. I love it. I absolutely love it. So to give a practical example, say your tests come back and it's pointing out some real key healing opportunities. Let's take gut health, because I think most people listening, uh, there's very few of us probably actually that haven't got some sort of gut health imbalances. So once you've identified those, how do you go about, for example, healing the gut health? Is it diet? Is it supplements? Is it light treatment? A combination a, of all? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And this is where I don't, I can give a general answer because I don't yeah. want to get too nuanced. But one thing I will mention with FDN is that that's the brilliance of it. Everyone might use the same labs, but not everyone gets the same protocol. So for example, someone who had super tanked hormones and a bunch of uh, parasites and, and bacteria, excuse me, in my gut, we know, generally speaking, 
that if you start addressing that stuff too fast, whether it's with Western medicine, antibiotics and antiparasitics or Eastern medicine, antifungals, um, antiparasitics there, like natural stuff, since we don't have a good stress response and we know that the body's physically exhausted, you start pushing that stuff out too fast, you're going to have a client that actually feels worse and starts presenting with more symptoms. So that would be where an example of how we kind of individualize it. Let's take a normal person though. Yeah, their hormones aren't great, but you know, they can survive a gut protocol. The, the first things that we're going to do are address the big guns in there. So even before we start repairing the gut, we need to get rid of some of the terrible stuff that's made at home in there. So generally speaking, we're going to start um, with the parasites, then we'll move to the bacteria and then we'll move to the fungi. Now, again, this isn't perfect. Sometimes depending on what type of bug it is, you might choose to uh, attack the bacteria yeah. first. It's, it's individualized, but generally speaking, uh, that might be how it goes. Now, the person, what's great is the client, although in a perfect world, I'd love them to do it naturally. The client is not obligated to do this only through us. They could go to Western medicine, show them the lab results and get antiparasitics or antibacterials. Again, we're not recommending it, but they're able to do that and then we could still help them. But if they choose to do it naturally, we have those protocols in place, we'll help work them through that. And once we get some of those big guns out of the way, that's when we start restoring uh, the gut microbiome and trying to make it better so that this doesn't happen again. And keep in mind, Catherine, this is all the while, we're always working on that lifestyle stuff. We're yeah. always helping them with the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, while this is going on, but that's how a gut protocol would work. And then what's amazing is, if you get this person to a restored state of gut health and you make sure that they understand that they need to be doing the lifestyle stuff, you know, 80, 90% of the time for the rest of their life, not 20% of the time, like most of us do, right? We have like a good day on Monday, maybe with health. And then we throw it away the next six days out of the week. That, that, that's not a good formula. Um, having, you know, good health, maybe six days out of the week. I'm not for chronically ill people. You might have to be a little stricter in the beginning. I did, but we can have some flexibility. This isn't supposed to be super restrictive forever. But once we get to that state of health, we teach them how to balance again so that this crap doesn't happen. Because if you were doing the lifestyle stuff right to begin with, chances are you never would have needed an FDN practitioner. I so love everything you're saying here, Evan, because what you're doing is you're really through the process that you're doing. You're giving people the evidence, giving people the protocols, but so importantly, giving them that education and empowerment so that they can stop the problems coming back, which is just fantastic because yes. so many of us have got into such poor lifestyle choices through, you know, ignorance and sort of getting on that hamster wheel of, uh, of decay, really. And this is just absolutely fantastic that you can bring someone back in balance. And very importantly, they've then got the skills about how to keep them there. So on yeah. your journey that you've been through, because you had, such difficult journey from early childhood with all this going on and not being diagnosed so just getting more and more intense what has this really taught you about you hit on such a crucial subject about you realize there was something you that realized there had to be a link between all these conditions and so many people don't talk about the link between physical health and mental health and the fact that our body's always giving us symptoms what's that what have you learned about that well, I mean, that's a whole podcast in and of itself, right? But what I learned is kind of what you just said. Symptoms to me now are the check engine light coming on in the car. And to ignore a symptom or to just treat a symptom. So, for example, for a person that might not understand that, um, I also had cystic acne. 
Treating a symptom would be, okay, we're just going to give you an ointment for the acne and not ever look under the hood to figure out why is that acne manifesting to begin with. So it is just as silly for us to treat symptoms as it would be to get that check engine light in our car on. And then we put a sticker over it yeah. <laughs> and we say, okay, cool. We can't see the check engine light anymore. We can't see the acne. It's like, well, yeah, that's not going to work very well long-term. You, you drive that for a few hundred more miles if you're lucky and that engine's going to break down. Similarly, those warning signs are going to manifest as larger and larger symptoms or even full out diseases because we never actually addressed what was going on to begin with. And so I always learn to think of symptoms, um, not as these bad things necessarily. I almost, um, in an odd way, I try to be grateful for them in the sense that, like, especially acne. Yes, it sucks. It's embarrassing, especially as an adult, you wouldn't want it. But I'm like, thank God. This is the first warning sign that I get versus having cancer. My body's telling me, Ev, you're pushing too hard right now. And this is still true to this day. If I go crazy at work or I was neglecting the sleep or I was cheating on the diet way too long, I can start to see maybe I get a little breakout here or a little one there. And I'm just like, man, dude, I can deal with that. That's not the worst thing. And then I know that my, it's actually my warning sign. I know that my body's being pushed too far. Ideally, we would live in such a way that, you know, we don't get pushed at all to those points anymore. And that would probably be the goal to set for yourself. But, you know, I like work. I like um, all this stuff. And I, I get a little, you know, involved in my passions. And so sometimes I can push it too far. But I, I don't look at that as the worst problem to have. So I always learn that everything is connected. Symptoms are always a warning sign. And that the natural state of the body is health. If you buy in to the fact that, because it doesn't even really matter if you're a religious person, spiritual person, or an atheist, almost everyone accepts the fact that, you know, we've been here for a while, and it's really the strongest genes that have made it this far. And so if you believe that, and 50% of people have chronic illness, you're basically saying that somehow the best of the best genetically in humans, 50% of us have a chronic disease. I don't buy that. I think what's happening, and I think many of us know this is our environment is so bad that yeah. even those of us that would have historically had good genes, quote unquote, we look like we have trash genes because we've made the environment so damn bad. So um, I've also learned it's it's not my body's fault, it's the environment's fault. And rather than trying to change me and treat me all the time, maybe my first option should be to change the environment that I'm in and change some of the stuff that I'm doing. That's what I've learned. I just love your passion, Evan, because the thing is, your story, you've been through so much already and you're still too young, but you look absolutely fantastic in a picture of health at the moment. And, Thank you. Um, you know, I really applaud you for what you've done, for taking the responsibility yourself. And then you've turned that into an amazing career for yourself, helping other people, because the work you do speaking to youngsters about mental health challenges um, tell us a little bit about that and how yeah. that work really fits into educating on the bigger picture of the choices we make in the mindset. Yeah, it's uh, it's always one of my favorite things in the world uh, that hasn't died out yet. That passion's been here for a good amount of time now. And so in that work, you know, it's tough because you might be talking to seniors in high school. And I'm assuming they're pretty hard to work with all around the world, but especially in America, man, they know these people are about to go to college and they're about to go on the four year party plan, doing whatever they want for four years straight. So to talk to them about holistic health would be the wrong approach early on in the presentation. Yeah. Instead, what I do is, quite frankly, I use some of these more dramatic parts of my story, like getting arrested, like spending my 18th birthday on house arrest. Let's be honest, that's what they want to hear. And 
to be honest, so do adults. They just don't admit that. That's the engaging part of the story. It's exciting. Like, what the hell happened? And so I start with that. I share the journey. I relate to them with the symptoms side of things. And then I let them know, hey, I'm not here to tell you what to do today. A lot of you are adults, because if you're talking to seniors, you know, they're eight, half of them are 18 years old. You guys are adults. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to tell you what worked for me. You can make any decision that you want after that. So I treat them with respect, right? And I just kind of plant this seed. Um, I, I have three steps that I share with them. And the second step, I actually label it as keep trying different things no matter what. But my version of keep trying different things no matter what is that I tried natural health. And so I explained, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had all these other health conditions, physical and mental. And I tried this stuff, man. I was working on my diet. I was working on sleep. And uh, let me tell you, this was the last thing I wanted to do at 18 years old. Just trust me. But I did this stuff, man, and it worked. And so I'm not telling you guys what to do today, but I think you need to decide all right, how bad you are right now. Maybe you're not dealing with mental health at all. That's great. Or maybe you are and you feel terrible. And how much would it be worth to give up to make this feel better? Maybe it is worth just going to bed on time and not staying out till 2 a.m. with friends, hang out with them at another time in the day. If it's worth your mental health and getting your sanity back, that's it's just a trade-off. Everyone for stuff. So um, in terms of the mindset stuff, because that was kind of your question, at, simultaneously into getting into natural health, I got into personal development. Um, some people would call it self-help. You could call it whatever. And you mentioned the, uh, the term personal responsibility. And it sounds so funny because it's not like my parents probably didn't try to teach me personal responsibility when I was younger, but we reject what our parents say, generally speaking. We're fighting up against them, we're rebelling. So the first time I accepted what personal responsibility was, was in a book called The Compound Effects by Darren Hardy. I was 18, it was a simple self-help book. And I read it and it explained to me that fault and responsibility are not the same things. They're different. So it wasn't, and I think I needed someone to tell me that. It wasn't my fault that I had severe mental health issues, but I needed to know that it was just because it's the way it is. It's my responsibility to take the action steps to get me out of this solution. And when you think something's your fault, when you know it's not, that you don't want to take action. You're like, dude, it's like, I didn't ask for this, man. Like, And then you get that victim mindset, right? Like, I'm not doing anything about this. This isn't my problem. But when you realize responsibility is not saying, hey, Evan, it's your fault that this happened to you, but it is, it's your journey, it's your path to get out of it. That's an empowering statement. That's not a victim statement. That's an empowering statement where I realized, okay, um, these aren't the cards I wanted to be dealt, could have gotten dealt a lot worse cards, but I can either stay where I'm at, which sucks, or what if I take some action? Maybe I can get out of this. And you start getting those first little wins that get you 5% better, 10% better, 15% better. Um, and it's motivating in and of itself. I remember when I restored, you know, my first friendship, like, because I had ruined a lot of friendships doing what I was doing at 18 with the drugs and the alcohol. And I apologized to someone. And you know what? They said, dude, it's all good, man. I love you, dude. I, I really appreciate that. And we're fine. And they never brought it up again. So that's motivating. And then the relationship with your family get be gets better. That's motivating. You start feeling healthier. Like all these things just start stacking. And now your new addiction, your new high is improving and seeing how much great uh, you can build back into your life, not how much you could tear down uh, with the drugs and alcohol. So the mindset stuff's huge for me. Um, I love it. It's a passion to this day. I'm still constantly reading books and listening to motivational audio tapes on YouTube. Yeah. It's what works for me. Um, I love that stuff. <laughs> I love it too. Can you just mention that book again? Because your internet cut sure. out a bit. What book was it? Okay, that's, that's so weird. I'm sorry. Um, it's called The Compound Effect 
by Darren Hardy. If you have never read a self-help book in your life, it is perfect for you. You could give this to a 10-year-old. It's like 140 pages. It's good text. It's simple but effective. And if you read that and just do what that says, man, you're going to be better off than 90% of the population, I promise. <laughs> I love it, Evan, because you're one of the first people, actually, that I've really heard make that distinction about fault mm -hmm. and responsibility. And with everything that's going on in the world now, and you hit the nail on the head by the amount of toxicity in everyone's environment in terms of physical toxicity in air, water, food, but also the stress levels and um, that people are under – it is really, really hard and people can get overwhelmed. So what I'm loving about your approach is you've got real data and a real clear starting point with people. Um, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because people, there's so much diet advice. Just if we, we just take diet, people get so overwhelmed. How would you encourage people to take this step? Because if someone is sort of dealing with chronic health issues, and let's face it, most people are, how how would you encourage them to sort of really have that belief that they can turn it around? I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by ASEA redox signaling molecules. Now, it comes in two forms, the liquid and the gel, plus there's a huge other product range for us. Um, but why did I start taking ASEA and why is it now an integral part of something that my whole family, both four-legged and two-legged, take every single day? Plus also something that all the clients I work with, again, four-legged and two-legged, it's number one on my priority list. Well, part of what I do, what I'm passionate about, is understanding the challenges that are affecting each and every one of us in today's modern living. Um, the more you know, the more sometimes you wish you didn't know, but the pollution in the air, in the water, in the food, um, the control of our minds, the propaganda. But one of the things that we can do is take back responsibility for our own health. Now, every single cell of our body, whether we're an animal, whether we're one of the dogs in the backgrounds or one of my plants, contain these redox signaling molecules. And cellular health and cellular communication is absolutely key, whether you want to get your body back in balance, whether you want to reverse the aging process, whether you want to address any particular challenges that you've got physically, emotionally, it all starts with healthy cells. If your liver cells are healthy, your liver's healthy. If your brain cells are healthy, your brain's healthy. But just like a mobile phone, most of us have got mobile phones that we, we use on a routine basis now. But that mobile phone, regardless of whether you've got the latest model, is completely useless without a signal. So what does this technology do? Um, the the gel is something that you can apply topically over particular areas of concern, whether you want your skin to look better, whether you've got a cellulite, whether you've got an area that's causing you a challenge. The liquid is something you drink each and every day to top up what should be in your cells anyway. But when our bodies are stressed, diseased, challenged, or as we age, we make less of them. So personally, I wouldn't be without a tip. My sleep's better, my energy levels are better, my mood's better, my mobility's better. If you want to find out more, the details are below. But I'm so grateful that this came into my life and I'm so grateful I can share it with others. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let me know. Ed, I've never been asked it in that way. It's a beautiful question because it immediately makes me think of um, the situation I had with my one friend um, his name's his name's literally GV Osborne. It's an acronym. Um, and so 
GV is one of the smartest people you ever meet. And as you've probably seen, we've all met these people, right? You can almost be too smart for your own good, where not only do you see what's wrong with the world, but you take it on emotionally. Yeah. And so I remember he had asked me one time, he, he, read, he was having a bad day and he reached out to me on Facebook and he said, dude, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, I know you see a lot of the problems that I talk about. You at least understand it to some degree. And yet you're happy and positive as can be. And I'm miserable. What am I missing here? And this is what I said to him. And this is why this all applies to the diet stuff too. I said, all right, don't give me a hard time with this question. Do you believe that there's even a 1% chance that the things that you're worried about, because he's worried about the environment, he's worried about the climate, all this stuff. Do you believe there's a 1% chance it could get better? And don't give me a hard time. He said, all right, well, if I'm being objective, yes, I do believe there's a 1% chance. And I think it's probably more than that. I said, excellent, man, then it's time to get to work. And what I mean by that is like, if there is literally no hope, then fair enough. That's a, that's an excuse to go move around every day. If I believe there's even 1% chance I could figure this out, well, I better get to work. And so my my answer to anyone that is maybe feeling overwhelmed with the diet stuff is, you know, if you hear a story like mine or maybe other stories that come on this podcast or all these other podcasts, there's stories of healing everywhere. Look, look up books on this. This is all everywhere. You can read hundreds of these stories. If you believe that there's even a 1% chance that can happen to you, I mean, man, you only got one life to live. I'll bank on a 1% chance to know that my time here, which is very limited, it's all limited for us, could be better than it is. If I had not taken those steps at 18, I don't mean to be dramatic. I'm just being honest because of the mental health stuff. I might have my own life by now. But instead, because of that decision and just hoping on a 1%, not only did this person, me, not take my life, I've been able to help other people not take their life. And that's not that's not a testament to me. I'm not saying it for that reason opposite i'm showing i'm not special <laughs> i just took a gamble on a one percent chance and so if you take that gamble on the one percent chance um the odds are it's a lot more than one percent by the way so you're probably going to get it figured out and you might have more to offer this world than you ever thought man and, and that, that's um that's what i would say and i know that seems maybe like too deep of an answer for something as simple as the dietary stuff but i do think this can be overwhelming for people and i think the only way to overcome massive overwhelm is to realize the bigger picture of all of this. Like you've yeah. got to take that chance because you are worth more than your whole life being wasted away while you feel like crap every day. I'm not going to live my life like that. Absolutely love it. A hundred percent agree with all of that. And I think that's such, such important advice. So before we get into the nitty gritty about how people can actually arrange these texts and do that, I've got one more important question for you, which is on habits. So obviously a big part of what, what we're talking about is people changing their habits. Have you got any golden tips for people about where to start for that? Yeah, maybe a little generic. I'm not sure what your audience is used to hearing, but I do love the uh, book called Atomic Habits. And yeah. so there, there's a couple of ways to implement a habit. There, there's really two in my opinion. The, the one is the obvious one. It is where we are under so much pain that we're willing to do whatever. Trust me, at 18 years old, I did not want to change my diet to all organic, start removing dairy or whatever. That was the least cool thing to do at, as an 18-year-old. I seemed like a 40-year-old stay-at-home mom going dairy-free and eating organic. Like, my friends were laughing at me. But that habit was formed, honestly, Catherine, rather effortlessly because the pain was so great. So usually when people ask a question like this, they're talking about the habits that they know we should do, but yeah. the pain isn't quite there yet. So how do we implement it? And in Atomic Habits, that gentleman talks about something called habit stacking. 
And what that is, is taking the things that we're already doing on a daily basis, which is great because even if you're really screwing up in life right now, you still have habits. Your habit might be, you know, watching TV 12 hours a day, playing video 12 hours a day. Well, the good news is that's a habit. And so habit stacking is when we put things into the schedule that are already going to be there. So let's just take an example of brushing your teeth, because that's a that's a positive habit that hopefully everyone that listens has. Yeah. You know you're going to brush your teeth. So maybe you want to start reading, but you don't have enough pain to start reading yet. But you know that'd be a really good thing for you. You know that successful, happy people are readers. There's a lot of studies on that. And so what you can just start doing is next to the toothbrush, as funny as it sounds, you can move it to a place that's not like wet from the sink and you, you move the toothbrush over and you have like an open book and yeah. you just start with this. All right, I'm going to read one page tonight before I brush my teeth before bed. And I think that's also a really good thing is giving yourself permission to start with um, unbelievably low amounts of effort. So anyone can read one page. If you can't even do that, and I'm not, I'm not condemning people, because guess what? I've done some really embarrassing ones that I wouldn't share on this uh, call today because they seem so simple. Maybe you can read a damn sentence. This yeah. isn't about the action. It's about, or uh, the amount of action. It's about the action and rewiring the brain. So if every time now I go to my toothbrush and I say, all I got to do is read a sentence in this book. Guys, anyone can do that. Come on. So you pick up the book, you read that sentence and you give yourself permission. That's it. That's all I had to do. And maybe it lasts like that for a week. But a mentor of mine told me, he said, anything permitted increases, anything permitted increases. And that meant for both good and bad things. If I permit myself to have a drink before bed every single night, that might work for some people, but generally it's going to have a tendency to increase. And now maybe it's a drink before bed five nights a week, but five drinks on the weekend over time. The good news is that works the other way. If I permit myself to read one sentence every night before I go to bed next to the toothbrush, eventually I'm going to start thinking in my mind, this is ridiculous, man. I actually like this book. Maybe I just read the whole paragraph. <laughs> and yeah. so then it's a paragraph, then it's a page. So that, that's my advice. The habit stacking stuff is brilliant because you can start with effort that takes less than five seconds and you're still being productive. Don't, don't underplay that to yourself. That really does work. Just give it time. Perfect. Perfect. So if people are watching this and they're thinking, right, because I mean, I'm certainly really, really interested in the diagnostic test. So obviously you're in the States. Tell us how, first of all, people in the States can get involved. And then do you have ways that people in other countries can get involved as well? Absolutely. Um, so one of the best ways to do this, and we have a uh, we have a link for uh, your audience and we'll put this in the show notes and stuff. It's fdntraining.com slash live, love, learn. So super easy to remember FDN, like functional diagnostic nutrition, uh, fdntraining.com slash live, love, learn. And you can reach out to us there and we can help you depending on where you're at in the world. Um, but it's as simple as going through an FDN practitioner or reaching out to us and um, we are actually working on a self-care program. We've we've launched it before. We took it away by popular demand. It's coming back. So that means you literally can reach out to FDN and work with us directly, which is great. But right. to answer your question about worldwide, uh, yes, we're able to do this in Canada, in Australia, pretty much all over Europe and even certain places in Africa. So um, how we're able to do that is because we have a medical director program, which is our team of doctors uh, that facilitates these orders for us. But in addition, people people sometimes miss the mark on this one. These tests that are being done, they're all self-tests. These are things that are shipped to one's house. You take the sample and then you ship it back out. So that allows us for a lot of flexibility 
to work around the world. So yeah, we can get the the kit shipped right to the house. You run the tests and um, then you work with an FDN practitioner to get your results back. So it's a fun process. It's it's really good for the people that have been sick for a while and don't know why. I absolutely love it. So as usual, all Evan's links will be below to his podcast, to how you can reach out and get connected with the functional, <coughs> functional diagnostic techniques. I love people that actually provide solutions and you've provided so many for us today so thank you so so much and thank you for sharing your own personal journey are there any final words that you want to leave people with and no just i don't mean it in the cheesy way but this is my motivational speaker side coming out please don't give up on this stuff man if you i always take this approach if you find something maybe you make one change after this podcast you change some diet stuff and you got five percent better ask yourself this do you think you can only get five percent better is that realistic that you just happen to find the one thing that can only get you 5% better and nothing else will work? Probably not. So that means you can get 6% better. And then you do it over and over and over again. And for a kid who was as sick as he was, it's amazing for me to be able to end this podcast by saying, I don't have any of the seven diagnosed conditions that I used to have. So I started with 10%. And then over the years, it's like, damn, this is like 95, 100% now. This is crazy that this can be this, this good. So I don't mean it in a cheesy way. I mean it in a very practical way. Don't give up. Um, keep trying different things because in reality, there's no way that you've tried everything. So why would you give up? Keep trying different stuff until you get the results that you want. That's that's my advice. And um, I thank you, Catherine, for having us or having me today. Rather. Absolute pleasure. I hope everyone's enjoyed mm -hmm. it as much as I have. I've learned loads. Show notes below in whatever podcast platform or YouTube you're watching this on. Please do connect in because when we take control of our own health, not only do we change everything in our world, it has a knock-on effect for everyone else around us. Thank you so much, Evan. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.